You know, Mike, last week I was pretty hard on NXT, the WWE in general, and this whole Pat McAfee, Adam Cole fiasco. But since then, I've done some research. I look back through some WWF combat sports history, and I found a couple of these gems. We all remember when Adam Vinatieri fought Brock Lesnar in UFC for the World Heavyweight Championship. Of course, we all remember Reggie Roby kicking the shit out of Mike Tyson in 1987. And who can forget famous all-pro punter Ray Guy fighting superstar Billy Graham in 1977 in Madison Square Garden. This match with McAfee and Cole is going to be a barn burner. This and other crossover matchups coming up on the Miss Spots podcast. Time to play the game. <laughs> time to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do I, I do still have vivid dreams of that Reggie Roby match with Mike Tyson. Uh, he I mean listen the guy was incredible. I mean he floated like a butterfly and stung like a punter for the Dolphins. Was he on the Dolphins? Oh, that's where most of his career was. I thought he was uh, spent most of his time on the Oilers. But mm, oh, you know you might be right. I don't know. We can look back up. We can look that up. Mike, get on that. Okay. Um, there was only one show for us to watch this week uh, because NXT was, or sorry, AEW was preempted by basketball. Um, yeah, apparently this, this is going to happen a bunch of times in the next few weeks. So we're going to have to get used to seeing NXT on Saturday nights. Yeah. Or NXT, I'm sorry, AEW on Saturday nights. And the funny thing is it's actually running running opposite TakeOver, even though it's starting at 6 o'clock, supposed to, or whenever the game ends, and on Saturday. But you know, NXT isn't on pay-per-view. Like, it would be a good thing for AEW if they were making a choice to put it on there, to run a pose, to give people a free option instead of having to pay. But no one pays for it. This is just a weird, weird situation with this war between these two companies. Yeah. Um, just as a little update, I was completely wrong. Reggie Roby never played for the Oilers. I don't know why ah, I thought see? he did. You, uh, and you had me questioning myself. He, he spent nine seasons on the Dolphins. And there then uh, bounced around a bit uh, there after until he retired in 98. And now you got to delve into the history of Ray Guy while we go through the rest of this uh, this episode. Sure thing. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, the, this this war, if you will, is getting a little difficult to, to even stay up to, up to date on, I, I feel like, if... 
Well, it's been hard for us, obviously, because we've been kind of going. We our plan was to go back and forth week to week, and that way we can actually talk about both shows. So we're not just talking about NXT from two weeks ago. And I did go back and watch AEW, which I did not watch last week. It wasn't great. Um, there wasn't a lot to speak of there, and anything that we really missed, in my opinion. In fact, I fast forwarded through the entire main event with Orange Cassidy and Jericho because I just had no interest in it whatsoever. But, uh, yeah, I was looking forward to seeing AEW this week just to change it up and didn't have the luxury of doing so. But uh, what did you think about this this episode of NXT? We watched it two weeks in a row now. You've watched it, I think, three weeks in a row. Uh, no, uh, we, we, watched, uh, we watched AEW uh, oh, the I, week I, before I, because that I, was the debates. Ah, uh, um, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Before I get into that, I need to uh, also announce that I was wrong about being wrong, and I completely uh, went over that. Reggie Roby was on the Oilers. (laughs) But for how many years? Two. Oh, okay. Yeah, Uh, so I was was right. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I had, as skimming through his career, just went right by the Oilers and- uh, Listen, if we had a bigger following, the Reggie Roby Google searches would be going crazy right now. He ha- he would have no idea why he's trending, but we're not very popular. He's also dead. Reggie Roby died? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, sorry, Reggie. R.I.P. Uh, but I I enjoyed this episode of NXT. Uh, I like the, I mean, I like the book ending of the the two matches to fill out the rest of the the ladder match. I liked the video package for the Keith Lee and Karrion Cross match. They they didn't have any actual interaction. I thought that the package did well to uh, go home with. They've um, done everything they need to do with that feud. Other than they should have given us some kind of update, if unless I missed it, about the fireball and the the singed flesh of Keith Lee. I mean, they already ruined it, by the way, by keeping the camera on him for 45 minutes. He stumbled around like an idiot in the back instead of just covering him up and pretending like he was injured. And then you keep him off TV for a week before the next thing because he's now he could have healed in some way, shape, or form from it. But pretend like you didn't fuck up and give us a medical update or something. And I don't think they did that. Yeah. Uh, they <clears throat> did not do that. Okay, good. Um, and then throughout the, the rest of, I mean, sans the Pat McAfee and Adam Cole shtick. Um, the, the, so, okay. I, I do want to say something about that. Uh, because okay, McAfee is playing heel to the crowd against a heel, uh, and like he healed up on the calling like dumb wrestling fans. I'm coming into your world, blah blah blah. Like this guy is a well known fan of professional wrestling. He has done pay-per-view like pre-show work for the wwe for years now like the him now healing it up on like oh wrestling fans are dumb doesn't really even make sense 
I mean, it does to me. I, 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 I've never heard this person. I did not know he existed until he showed up on NXT. He's done. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's done WWE pre-shows uh, a sure. number of times. I, I still did not know this person existed until he showed up on NXT. So that doesn't bother me so much. I, I, I still I still stand by the fact that, yes, he's an NFL football player. He has a radio show. He's, sure, mildly popular in, in those circles. But he's still a nobody, so that that didn't bother that that doesn't bother me nearly as much as the offensive nature of this idiot walking out trying to play wrestler and play cool wrestler. I've I don't think I've ever seen anyone less cool, and I've looked in the mirror. I am not. I'm cooler than Pat McAfee, and just the the insanity of these football players coming in and not being intimidated by these by a professional wrestler these are supposed to be combat sport athletes um, imagine res- professional wrestling needs to sell itself as close to UFC as possible imagine pat mcafee standing up to conor mcgregor you no, he would run and hide. He would be terrified of being anywhere near that human being because he would murder him. That's how then you having a non-wrestler act this way, especially when they are they're nobody, they're not a big star, they're not an intimidating looking person, they have no cool factor whatsoever. I'm sure there are athletes, current professional football players or recently retired ones that are big strong and have a uh, something about the lebron james is a mega athlete he looks like he's chiseled from granite and he's pretty cool it would still be a mistake to have him step into a ring in my opinion in this way two weeks to have a have a match but at least it would have something to it other than this idiot yeah I mean, I mean, even one of his his backup uh, for this week, uh, AJ Hawk, is a former linebacker. Like he's he's a bigger dude, and like he looks like he can stand in there a little bit better with uh, a a pro wrestler. And, and and Mike, if you're going to do this, you have to have the the, he, the only way to sell this you're and make so any sense about it. This. No, it's okay. This guy needs to have been training for months. This person has to have a wrestler as his second at some point that hates Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era to help him out. They have to talk about how he can't wrestle Adam Cole. There is no planet in the world where he can realistically wrestle Adam Cole, but he can do something dirty. He can take a cheap shot. He can learn some tactic from somebody that will help him survive for a few minutes and get just the slimmest window of opportunity to get something done, but they can't use it that way because he's, he's a heel and he's playing heel against the heel faction. That was a huge problem. The opening match was heel versus heel. The closing match was basically heel versus heel. One of the go home angles for the show is heel versus heel. Yeah. <laughs> so many NXT takeover heel versus heel. Yeah, that's that's the actual name of the program. It's not NXT <laughs> Takeover Thirty. It's NXT Heel versus Heel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yes, I, I hated all of it. Uh, I've seen ten-year-old children that are more intimidating than Pat McAfee that play wrestler better than Pat McAfee, and I am 
I may not just watch this match. I, I may just not watch it because there's no intrigue. There's nothing to it. I'll only watch it if I hear that Adam Cole murders him in two minutes and embarrasses <laughs> him, which we won't see. Yeah. Um, as for the, the rest of the show, um, you, your, your favorite person, uh, with the tank and helmet, uh, <laughs> was back. Shotzi Blackheart. At one point, I text you this because I thought I must be hearing things, but I've heard it now two, three times. She screams at her opponent in what I'm assuming is supposed to be menacing. Welcome to the ball pit. I don't know if I'm just out of touch, but the only connotation I have for a ball pit, I have a two and a half year old. A ball pit is with little plastic balls and you jump around in it when you're a toddler. What is she talking about? Kevin, I, is there some connotation to ball pit in comic books or tanks or green haired people that makes that menacing? The ball pits are crawling, festering places with, with disease and yes. bacteria. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get sick. You're going to have the sniffles. Take that, person I don't like. Uh, I just, I, 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 I was trying to, I was, so what I did was I wanted to come up with a few other lines because you can't just say welcome to the ball pit every week. It, it, will, it will get old, it, the, the gem like that. So uh, this is the next one she can try next week. See you on the moon bounce. Uh, that one might work. Uh, you're invited to my petting zoo. Uh, that could work as well. So those are two. I'm I'm licensing those out to her for free. I I, I got one too. Welcome to the Build a Bear Workshop. There you go. So these are all things that are equally as menacing as screaming at someone. Welcome to the ball pit. Uh, the thing that this match was was something. Uh, I would not have had Mercedes Martinez and Rhea Ripley touch each other until it meant something. And I think this is one of those missed opportunities. I am kind of less impressed by Mercedes Martinez every time I've seen her because I still don't, I don't, she's obviously green and her look and the fact that she was an actual combat athlete made her, when I first saw her reemerge with some vignettes and stuff, I was like, okay, this could work, but they are not, making her very intimidating. She has not really dominated even job-level talent. She's sold too much, and I haven't seen that impressive move set. I haven't seen the impressive things come out of of her matches that I would hope to see in a, in a character like that. Even so, I feel like they're trying to build her up to be something, so don't let her fight Rhea Ripley. That's that, that could be a money match in the future. So I, I think it's a mistake to have them playing around together. Uh, this, this match also, well, uh, leading into the match was my first opportunity to really pay attention to what you pointed out about her music or lack oh, thereof yeah. music. Yeah. What'd and you think? yeah, it is just a baseline, a very slow baseline with a, other noises going like ambient ambient noises like she was just wandering around with a microphone and a recorder and just kind of recorded stuff she heard throughout the day 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's not good. No. No, it's not. Uh, and and so, yeah, and then then Rhea murdered her. <laughs> you keep you you said this to me, and I'm I'm telling you no. Tell me the last person that sold a power bomb onto the exposed floor and sold it for more than 30 seconds. It hasn't happened in 10 years. There is not every we've seen. Mercedes didn't move. Well, yeah. But, but once again, everybody else, no one else sells that. It doesn't. It's not as impressive when, I, that's when she's the saying. only I'm one that hurts. Out. She's dead. She, she <laughs> no longer exists on well, dude, this plane. Okay. She doesn't. Well, listen, she had a good run. Uh, do you you know that that was a cut and oh, they yeah. probably slammed her onto like a crash pad oh, yeah, and then they cut back over. And speaking of murder, uh, <laughs> why don't we talk about the first match? Yeah. How Johnny Gargano's still alive is uh, a mystery, which is that's e- a, evolution is too. <laughs> that's another thing that I, I feel like they must have made a cut somewhere. And instead of just going on with the match, it looked pretty seamless to me. I didn't catch anything, but I wasn't watching super close. But they well, must the move have happened during the commercial break, so they may have had some. Uh... Well, remember this is pre-tape, so yes. they can set this whole thing yes. up of when it, the move it, happens, yeah. and it, and it happened just as they were coming out of the commercial break. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to the, to that murder, uh, I love this match. This is one of the best matches I've seen yeah. other than a, a Thatcher match on NXT in quite a while. One of the best matches I've seen on AEW, you know, on Wednesday night in, in quite a while. I love Gargano working on the arm. I love just the little things in this match that I think went really, really well. Uh, when Ridge Holland, as Gargano goes to grab an arm with Holland in the corner, he just kind of pushes Gargano away, like trying to get him off of him, trying to create some space. And you just don't see that enough because if this was a fight, you'd see that. You'd see yeah. a guy pushing another guy off. You're not just going to have a guy go grub and grab your arm and you just give him your arm. And Holland did that a few times. I really, really like that about it. It adds some believability to the match. There was good selling in this match. Uh, Holland did a great job of making me believe that Gargano was hurting his arms. And overall, I, I really thought that I bet you some people will think that that you know, head spike into the mat really made this match something better than what it was. I thought it hurt it because I thought they were telling a really, really good story in the ring and that distracted from it, in my opinion. And uh, I thought that was a shame that that happened in that match. And also it looked, don't do that. This like flipping power slam. I've seen, I think I know what they were trying to do and I've seen it recently, both on AEW and NXT. Don't do that. It's not necessary because when it's done correctly, it doesn't even look that good. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've seen, uh, what's his name? Um, Luchasaurus try to do something similar to that. It's like a flipping uh, power yeah. slam. Yeah, yeah. It's like a cross body into a flipping power slam or something. And it's just, it kind of looks like shit when it's done correctly. And it's fucking dangerous. So don't do that. What did you think about what I just said about this kind of hurting the match for me. Um, like I was really thrown off because when I, when I first saw it, like my immediate reaction was like, Oh my God, is he okay? 
but then I realized in the either upper right or lower right corner that they didn't have the live uh, watermark on there. So I'm like, oh, this is recorded. They're not going to show the death of someone uh, on a pre-recorded <laughs> thing. And as they were going through it and I'm like, this is either re- like, I, and like you said, I didn't notice a discernible cut uh, in this. So if they did, masterful job of hiding it. And so I either thought that they worked through a blown spot on the fly really well, or it was actually planned to be that way. And I watched each replay, even though I didn't really want to, like I watched each replay and I was like, I feel like I could kind of see him like tuck his chin and Holland's arm get under the back of the neck to uh, soften the blow, but it's still very close, too close for comfort. Uh, if they plan to do that, the margin for error is so slim and they shouldn't have done that one for the safety of their people and two, because it kind of fucked the match up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think I, I don't think it added anything to the match. They were telling a great story during the match. I think the right person won. I think Ridge Holland looked good in defeat here, even though now he's lost the first two matches he's been in in NXT. Yeah. The only other thing that hurt this match for me was I still don't know who Ridge Holland is. I don't know anything about him. I haven't heard him talk. I know he brings a club to the ring. And he's got one of those cabbie hats, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes down and he, you know, he's a big, tough looking dude who seems like he probably has a lot of potential, but I don't know who he is. Is is he a heel? I, I feel like he is. Is he, why is he there? What, what's, what's his game plan? What's he trying to accomplish? You've introduced him into this title tournament, so to speak, or whatever it is, these fatal four-way triple threat whatever's to to go through this title and he's one of the only people i mean they've done a good job with bronson reed telling me who he is and what he wants to do there but they haven't done anything with bridge holland and i think that hurt this a little bit too i think that we're going to see a good bit more of him uh in the future and with a little bit more emphasis on his character I was reading something that that upper management is very high on this guy. They love his look and they love his oh, potential. Sure. I mean, he's L- a big lot to dude. love. Yeah, he's a big dude. He looks like he can wrestle. He, yeah. he doesn't look he doesn't look as green as some of the other people on the show. Yeah, um, he's a former uh, apparently rugby player is uh, uh, what his history mm-hmm. is. But yeah, I I thought that this was a good opening match. Like even I would even say Sans that uh that that spot that it, I think it was still a good good match. I I like the finish. I think that Gargano winning is the right thing. But yeah, it is a little weird to bring this guy in and have him lose so quickly. But I I think if anyone NXT they know how to to build people pretty pretty well. Uh, I, I think that we'll see something coming of, of him very soon for his own uh, storyline. I, I agree. I just think when you, you you have a massive opportunity when you debut somebody, and I don't think they took that opportunity like they could have because they had too many moving parts and too many people involved in this 
this mini tournament and all that kind of stuff. But no, I, I love this match. This is one of my mm-hmm. one of the better things I've seen in professional wrestling in a while. Uh, I am not at all impressed with Dakota Kai. No, she's just kind of there to me. She doesn't. She does not seem to do anything even like above average. Like she's a fight. She's okay. She's a pretty good wrestler. I mean, but she doesn't do anything that really wows me or, or really gets me into a match or makes me go, oh, she's exceptional at it. She's certainly not exceptional at talking. She's kind of small, doesn't have an exceptional look. And when you're kind of smallish and trying to play heel, you've got to have something that stands out. You've got to be able to cut a badass promo. Sasha Banks, one of the people that comes to mind as a small heel, but has presence and has a look and a vibe to her that makes you go, oh, yeah, I can believe it. She's not bad. I'm not at all insulting her ability, but she's kind of there for me, and she's got talent, but I just... I can't get excited for her at Io Shirai. I don't feel like when you've got Rhea Ripley on the roster and you've got Io Shirai and Dakota Kai fighting for your women's championship, it seems like some your priorities are something out of whack. Her her facial like reactions uh, like are a little weird to me too. Like she, I don't know if she's trying to play crazy or which I feel like is an overused trope for. Yeah heal women is the crazy thing because it seems like she goes from smiling to like snarling like in a snap and i don't i i've seen too much of that from men and women that we don't need to see that sort of thing and yeah she she comes across as on the mic as She's not terrible, but she's also not setting the world on fire and not really she, grasping. She, she's solid. She's yeah. solid. I just not stand out. The most interesting thing about her is her heater, and she hasn't been there for a month. Yeah. The best thing about this was when she showed up and started kicking the shit out of Yoshirai, and I was like, oh, business just picked up. And I, I, the best thing about Shawn Michaels was not Diesel. The best thing about... Well, maybe the best thing about Hunter Hearst Helmsley was China, but Hunter Hearst Helmsley as a gimmick kind of sucked until he became Triple H and started running with DX. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't yeah. want your heater to be the most important thing about your gimmick. You know, you want them to add to it and, and, and give you some some dimension and, and, and draw some more attention. But that was just something that, that I, I picked out after watching her for, for a couple weeks now. Uh, I, I have to say... I'm sorry, you you say something? I also think that that match should have been a bit shorter, too. Oh, uh, yeah. The, she, the other person, whoever that was, got in way too much offense. It was the perfect way to set her up to beat somebody that we don't know, then call out Io Shirai, then have her. But they, they everything went down a little bit too long. Uh, we have to talk about one of the, the, the most... There was one move in this uh, in this episode that has to be called out for being the absolute top 10, no, 10 out of 10 for its category. And that was the absolutely picture-perfect flying nothing from Isaiah Swerve Scott. He performed the flying nothing off the top rope into being, I believe, kicked in the face by one of the heels in that match 
like I've never seen it before. It was it was so evident when he was on the top rope and started to come off that there was he had nothing in mind <laughs> that he was only up there to take that kick to the face that there was no move that he could have performed with his body and that kind of orientation. I, I, I've never seen it done better. I, 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 I challenge any professional wrestler to do a better flying nothing than Isaiah Swerve Scott did in that match. May I say that I very much dislike the name Isaiah Swerve Scott. <laughs> sure. Be- because I feel like they are always saying the full name. <laughs> well, this they entire... never call him Swerve, like which no. is his nickname, yeah. because it's well, in it... in quotations. Dude, this match proved that Morrow has been going to the Michael Cole school of hyperbole and repeating names over and over again. Isaiah Swerve Scott was said as much as. Uh, what is it? Legato del Fantasma. They must have said that. Morrow has a very good Spanish accent. And I live in a household with a fluent Spanish speaker. And I can appreciate that. I, w- I know he wants to show it off. For a gringo to have a good Spanish accent, <laughs> or at least a passable one, you gotta, you know, you wanna you want people to know. But you do not have to use the name of that team. 48 times i i was thinking about you know every single wwe you know tjp 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 yeah perfect a tjp one or one of the one of the greatest royal rumble being said 48 times during a, a promo or whatever it was but this was a fine this is okay i mean it was a it was a it was a six-person tag match. One of these, one of these groups was actually a faction. The other one was a babyface group getting a, getting help to try to even the odds. And the heel faction that's being pushed gets a win. I'm cool with that. Yeah, uh, it, that, it's fine. Talented guys all in the ring sure. too. Uh, I I think that Swerve is insanely talented and you mean I, isaiah swerve scott i'm sorry isaiah swerve scott see okay. they could very easily just say swerve uh <laughs> rem- remember when andrade had three names uh they weren't always saying andrade cn almas andrade cn almas andrade cn almas uh yeah, i uh I, I hate that so much like it just i've i've read a number of times why they do it it still doesn't make sense to why you have to do it every single time. Uh, audio editing allows you to change out things like that. But I digress. And then uh, uh, am I missing missing anything else before the, the main event? I mean, there was a couple little segments here or there, you know, a interview segment in the back with, I, I forget her name, but Dakota Kai's former best friend who's now in a... Oh, Tegan uh, Knox. Yeah, she's now in a thing with Johnny Gargano's wife, and I don't care about any of that. Uh, no, the, on, the only other thing was the main event, which I... If, if the person who booked this has not booked the WWE Raw or SmackDown roster. They have been watching with bated breath because this was the epitome of the nonsensical booking of any ladder match. This was money in the bank. Yeah, where everybody... 
we got to remind you, each one of these people is also involved and for some reason holding the belt right now means something. But they actually... doesn't. Everyone's always trying to get the money in the bank briefcase before the pay-per-view and no one ever does because, like we always say, as if it actually counts. Cameron Grimes, during a a, a commercial break, they came back and he had the belt. But still, it was Grimes wanted to hold on to it and then Gargano wanted it and then this guy... It's just so... Pointless. I think Finn was the only one who did not hold the belt uh, during that match. Yeah, it, I I hated this match. And it wasn't because of the stuff they were doing, it, because it was a tale of two matches. What was going on with Finn and Velveteen was, was fine. There was some technical wrestling stuff going on. It was heel versus heel, which I didn't care for, uh, for again, on this, on this episode. But... <clears throat> Once they had all that interference and it meant nothing, and you knew it from the moment it started, it meant nothing. They had the Thatcher interference, which was perfect. Give Finn an out, set up a thing with him and Thatcher, even though they're both heels. Does everything is, need is to Finn be heel supposed versus heel? to be like an anti-hero? I have never seen him, since we started picking up yeah. watching again, he comes off as a straight heel. Yeah. I, I get I, that, but like, yeah, I don't know if they're, they're, if he's meant to be a cool bad guy heel or but, face. But he also or like he 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 like uh, Pele kicked like one of his first times back in in NXT. He like attacked a bunch of baby faces. Yeah, and he I don't attacked know Johnny if, Gargano if, when Gargano yeah, was still a baby a, face. Yeah, exactly. So I just I to me he's still a heel. I, so I anyway. But that was a fine interference. It would have been a perfect little setup. You could have had you could have had Grimes out there, and that could have been a distraction to a distraction, and then, you know, we get out of there. And then you can have, if you want to have your schmas at the end, fine. It's not going to help anything. It's not going to sell your pay-per-view, which they don't even do anymore. It's not going to sell your network special because it's garbage, and everyone knows it's garbage. But to have it happen all during the match, it, was just, it just made me... It made me have less interest in this show somehow, and that pissed me off. Yeah, I, I get that. So uh, heading out of this show, we have TakeOver 30 coming up on Saturday, and I think we should be doing predictions for this. Yeah. There's only five matches, uh, one pre-show, four main show. I have a feeling there's going to be another match added in there, whether that be like uh, a cruiserweight match with uh, Escobar and, and Scott or maybe Finn and Thatcher. Although I feel like Finn and Thatcher deserve more respect than a thrown together match last minute. The cruiserweight title, I feel like they would just book on the fly like that. Yeah, I can, I can see that all happening. But so anyway, we got the pre-show match that got announced during the show. Triple threat tag team match to determine number one contenders for the tag team titles. Brazongo against Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch against uh, Legado del Fantasma. Uh, Raul Mendoza and Joaquim Wild, or Joakim Wild. Is it Joakim or Joaquim? 
uh, Joaquim, I think, would be uh, the it sounds like a more con- correct pronunciation, but I don't know. You know, usually you could look at this and go, okay, well, the the champions are heels, so you probably don't want to put a heel team going after them. But we've already dis- discussed the fact that this is all heels wrestling, so I guess. I don't think that any of these teams deserve to be in this match. Prasango can't beat anybody. Uh, the uh, the tag team from uh, Legato del Fantasma, I've never really even seen them work as just a tag unit or beat anybody. They 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 support their leader and they have wrestled some matches, but I haven't seen them win a bunch of matches recently. And Lorcan and Birch have they tagged recently? Because I've only seen them in singles. Like, is this really the state of the tag team division in NXT? It kind of sucks. It is kind of sad. Like, because outside of Imperium and like uh, the Undisputed Era, it, it seems heels. like the drop off <laughs> is very steep. Yes. <laughs> all all heels wrestling. Uh, yeah, I don't know with this one. Uh, let me just throw it out there that I think, um, I don't know, Lorcan and Birch, probably the least likely team, but they're the ones that I think they'll win this. I, I was going to say the same t- same thing <laughs> uh, because like they they are baby faces, uh, but they, they I also know. Had a great, they've also had a, they've been in a position where they have fought for the titles or at least been in yeah. triple threats for the titles and had good showings. Yes. And had the fans behind them. So, and, and I think that their style can match up with Imperium just to put on like a really good, uh, show. Uh, like Im- I think Imperium would still beat them, but they could have a really good tag match, uh, oh, these between could, them. They're, yeah, they're really good wrestlers, and also it could just the perfect thing with the 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 guys that are f- still in a feud here continue their feud, only they do it on the pay per view, but for a reason. Oh yeah, and and Brazongo had a tag team title shot a few weeks ago, if I if oh, I'm did not they? mistaken. Uh, yeah, maybe they did. I think it was at uh, in your or Great American uh, Bash or okay uh, that they had a title shot. So they're they're not gonna get it, and then yeah, Legato del Fantasma. I just don't see that happening. It's not necessary to have them go after a tag team. They already have a championship in their group. They're focusing on the cruiserweights. That's where they should be. Yeah. Um, Adam Cole beats Pat McAfee. Oh, God, I certainly hope so, man. Yeah, I, I gotta call it, but. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Pat McAfee puts on a clinic, takes him out in five minutes, kicks him in the head. I mean, come on. Jesus Christ. Um, sad. Yeah. Uh, what about the uh, ladder match for the North American Championship? How do you even pick this? I mean, you've got five guys in this. You've got a... You've got... Gargano here, who's a standard bearer, but you've got around him, you've got, uh, I guess, him and Velveteen, but you've got three other guys that are basically up and comers to a certain degree. Who's the best person to hold that championship right now? Probably, I mean, it's hard to say who's the most over because there's no crowds (laughs) to tell you who's over, but Damian Priest, 
probably kind of sort of would be a really good person to hold that championship. I don't, will they go but with a standby and put it back on one of the two guys that's already had it to keep some prestige in the belt? Uh, do they put it on? Yeah, I, I this is a this is a, a, a throw up for me. I'm gonna go with uh, Damian Priest. Okay, uh, I I was thinking Damian Priest too. I and at one point during the show, I'm like, I'm thinking maybe Bronson Reed, but the fact that they finished the show with him holding the title makes me uh, in that whole schmoz at the end. Makes me mm-hmm. think like, nope, it's not going to be him then. If he's the one who finished off the show holding that title, it's not going to be him. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Johnny Gargano. And, okay. Uh, but I do think that Bronson Reed and Gargano have a, uh, have a, a feud after this. Just uh, uh, that would possibly lead to Reed being the champion. The other thing about Gargano is that he did not win the original match to be even be involved in this match. Yeah. And if they are going to put the title on him, that would have been a big switch. Because you imagine if they set this match up, they know who they want to win this. Yeah. Right? And for them to then say, well, one of our guys hurt his ankle. Now we have to reshuffle the deck. For them to then go, oh, we're, that person is now no longer going to win it. It's going to be this person. That Which would be isn't pretty, unheard of. It's not unheard of, but it would be pretty shitty booking <laughs> if yeah. that if that's what they're going with. So, yeah. Um, Io, Shirai, uh, Io Shirai and Dakota Kai, their names I just now realized rhyme. <laughs> I'll go with Io Shirai. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that Dakota Kai is ready there yet. I, I think I even said a couple weeks ago that this feels like they're just shuffling her in as the next challenger and then it'll be someone else after that. Yeah, I, I don't know who can be the person, but they gotta get the they got to get the title onto a badass heel that Rhea Ripley can beat and then hold that title for two years because she's the best thing going in that division. Yeah. One of the best things going on the show. Oh yeah. And then Keith Lee and Karrion Cross for the uh for the top uh men's title. Who you got here? I I think Keith Lee. Um, I I think it would be very premature to take the title off of him in his... This would be his first title defense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I do Uh, think that this this feud was was rushed. But how how do you beat Karrion Cross right now? How do you do it? Do you give him an out in some way? I mean, you brought this guy in. He's really beaten. Uh, who's he beaten? Who's he beaten? The, did he beat Finn in his first Karrion match? Cross? On, no, uh, yeah. Tommaso. Oh, Ciampa. Got yeah. Okay. So he beat one big name for sure. Tommaso Ciampa's great. But since then, he's just beaten some jobbers and been in you know some angles here or there. Uh how do you? How does this guy keep this mystique that they're trying to build if he loses to Keith Lee in his first big match? the The only thing that I can think is 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 a schmoz finish, especially if they if they finish the show with the ladder match and not this, then I could see them doing some uh, bullshit finish and maybe even involving Dijakovic. 
maybe him turning on Keith Lee, uh, helping carrying across a, a DQ finish, a no finish, or something like that that keeps carrying cross still involved in this feud. But I, I think that Lee should have been given some other feud first to get a title defense under his belt before going into this one with cross. Listen, I'm with you in taking the title off somebody in their first defense. And that's not something NXT usually does. They usually have relatively long title reigns. I'm going to go with the wild card and put up carrying cross here because I think you could tell a story of Keith Lee got his hands on this and immediately was taken away by this guy and he has to rebuild and get it back. And in that time, Cross could have another feud or so or, or get over more. So, yeah, I think a schmaz is probably where they'll go. But why not? I'll go with Karrion Cross. Okay. Um, And that's it. That's it for the uh, NXT TakeOver. Um, we, I don't remember if we had mentioned this on air or if it was something that we talked about after we recorded last episode. But we kind of joked around about, excuse me, still doing our predictions for WWE pay-per-views even though we're not watching the the main show uh, shows and just with no context as to the storylines, no context as to what's going on and just picking them. And then I, I think you even said if, if someone can come up with a absolutely silly explanation and you hit it right, you win the entire year of predictions. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, there's going to be a lot of pay-per-views throughout the rest of the year and that we can throw that in there. But yeah, these definitely wouldn't count towards our, uh, normally would not count towards our numbers at the end of the year. But listen, we got the Thunderdome coming to to the TV. They're still doing Fight Club. Uh, They've got a group that is super spooky and they cut the ropes with a chainsaw. Yet, Apparently, the announcers can't stop promoting them and talking about them. <laughs> so uh, you know it's real. It's 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 really hitting that nerve. Yeah, I, I, nothing. Just to reiterate, nothing uh, that the WWE has done since we stopped watching Raw has piqued even the slightest interest in me tuning in after reading a spoiler or a breakdown or whatever it is, it just all sounds worse than the last thing. And it all reeks of the worst desperation. So they're putting on SummerSlam with, I, I'm going to guess, a bunch of garbage matches. Then they're putting on payback like the next week. Oh, is it? It's either like two weeks removed or one week removed. It's like 14 days away, I'm pretty sure. It is the very next weekend. There you go. Holy fuck, yeah. Seven days away. This is is the death rattle of this company. They cannot cannot figure out what the fuck they're doing. It's, It's embarrassing just to read about it, let alone having to watch it. But yeah, dude, let's talk about SummerSlam and the really cool stuff they're doing and, you know, our our, our thoughts and, and, and prayers about it. Okay. 
So I, right before we recorded, I pulled up the card for this first time ever seeing this card. Did not know uh, what matches really were going on. I I have read some things from Raw and SmackDown here and there, so I have some ideas of some of the feuds. And some of this is just wacky. Some of it seems, oh, that, that makes sense. The, just uh, just imagine if you were actually watching this and you knew and you knew the context it would be worse. Yeah. <laughs> um the Street Profits are defending their tag titles. Forgot that they are the tag team champions of Raw against Andrade and Angel Garza, a team that just won't go away. Uh they're probably still losing all the time on uh Raw. And uh I, I I can only assume that Street Profits win because Andrade and Angel always lose. So uh, this is going to be my hook to these uh, predictions. I'm okay. going to tell you what I know about the 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 angle going on. So this I believe has something to do with someone poisoning their red the red solo cup of Montez <laughs> Ford. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so that happened. So I'm going to guess, even though it's not announced, it's a poison solo cup on a pole match. I think that uh, Garza and Almas will retrieve the... Uh, no, actually, I'm sorry. The Street Profits will retrieve the poison solo cup on a pole, and, and then they want to try to shove it down the faces of their opponent, and that's how they win. Turns out it's Fresca. It's Fresca. <laughs> and they and no can't one wants win. to drink that anyway. Yeah, but you can't win with Fresca. Turns out Selena Vega has the real poison solo cup, hands it to Garza, pours it down the gullet of Montez Ford, and Garza and Almas are now the uh, tag team champions. Solid. Very solid. Probably as likely as anything that's going to happen. Yes. And at some point, there'll be a ninja. Go ahead. <laughs> that's going to happen. Um. I have refreshed the page a number of times just in case this is a mistake or someone like vandalized the SummerSlam uh, page on Wikipedia. Asuka is fighting both women's champions. Yeah, apparently. I I don't know much about this, but yes, I I believe that's accurate. So she's going to fight Bailey in a match for the SmackDown Women's Championship and Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship. So and a little back a little background on this one. Okay. Is this um, legitimate or is this uh Kevin's idea of background on this one? You you tell me. <laughs> uh 95% of the women's roster was in a terrible bus accident about 6 weeks ago. So they're completely oh. wiped out. At this point, it is only uh, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Asuka, and Nia Jax. They're the only talent in the entire division that they have to book, so they've been painted into a corner. Uh, and uh, they, they're actually also going to fight a dark match uh, before the pay-per-view that's going to be recorded where Asuka fights Bailey and Sasha both. And then they're going to do another dark match afterwards taped for a main event. Okay. Uh, who do you got? Who do I got? Yeah. 
Who do I have, Michael? Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with Bailey and Sasha, respectively, in their matches. Okay. I'm going to go with... Yeah, I'm going to go with the same. Uh, <laughs> but uh, your your little tangent about uh, no... Uh, uh, like the only four women being available to do stuff is thrown out the window by the match of Mandy Rose versus Sonia Deville hair versus hair. Oh, they don't count. Uh, Oh wow. Okay. Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. Yeah. Uh, anything that had to do with a romantic storyline with a, a human bulldozer, uh, that obviously is something that I had no interest in whatsoever. Uh, is Mandy Rose a baby face now? I believe I, I so. I guess yes. so, right? She's been a baby face for a while, and Sonia Deville is a heel. She's actually talented. Uh, I cannot imagine any world in which Vince McMahon would let Mandy Rose get her head shaved. Well, apparently, I, she's already got shorter hair due to uh, a, an attack by Sonia that Sonia cut some of her hair. But you also know they're pro- you know what? Here we go. This is what's actually going to happen. Yes, uh, Sonia Deville wins this, and she does cut Mandy Rose's hair. But spoiler, it's all CGI, right? Because <laughs> it's it's taped, right? And they didn't use the CGI for the eye versus eye match because they were saving up all those greenbacks to put the real good stuff. Uh, the real Hollywood stuff and the hair versus hair match with Mandy and Sonya. And then uh, and then they're just going to have to use CGI on her head for the next six months until it in storyline grows back. So I'm going with Sonya Deville. Uh, I'm going to go with Mandy Rose. Um, I see this hair like it's it's now shoulder length. Like it, it looks as if like extensions were taken out of her hair. Uh but I'm going to go with it, the fact that you said Vince McMahon would never allow for Mandy Rose to uh, get her hair really, like, her head shaved. I gave where... you the out. It's going to be CGI, dude. Are you not no. listening to me? I thought I'm this listening. was a dialogue. I didn't think this was a speech. Go I'm ahead. listening, but I'm ignoring. Uh, okay. But... I think that they're tired of uh, Sonya also being like, you got to put your hair up and square up. Uh, he likes he likes his women to always have their hair down while they're fighting. Uh, so, uh, yeah, dumb. You were taking this way too seriously. Go on. Oh, says the guy who has uh, created scenarios out of nothing. Yeah, I'm not taking it too seriously. <laughs> You're proving my point. Go on. Okay. Uh, Apollo Crews and MVP for the U.S. Championship and Bob Lash. Uh, wait, Bob Lashley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Shelton Benjamin are banned from ringside because apparently they're all in a faction together. Yeah, it's called like the Hurt Locker or something. Uh so this is a fun fact that I don't think you realized. Uh, MVP and Apollo Crews, they have fought 334 times in the last six weeks. And the WWE has only chose to air 17 of them. But we are getting the much-demanded 
uh, me- 400th meeting of these of these two. Who is the actual champion? Because I, I feel Apollo. like... Okay, because at some point, I think MVP just took the belt and he was just the champion for a while. There was like an episode of Raw or a pay-per-view where that happened like twice, where they just kind of took the belts and they were like, okay, I'm the champion now. Uh, but uh, MVP's a manager. I don't see why he's wrestling. Uh, Cruz is the champion. Cruz gets keeps the belt and then one of the Hurt Locker beat him later. Okay, that's it. <laughs> um, I do vaguely remember reading something where MVP had the title, and I was like, oh, he's the champion? But then I was like, no, he's not, but he has the title. Uh, I, I just looked up the championship history. Apollo has been the champion through this entire thing, so there hasn't been any legitimate changes in the title. Uh, he's stealing Brody Lee's gimmick of just taking the championship. He's like yes. the who who actually stole. He's Cameron uh, Grimes. Well, no, he actually stole uh, r Truth's gimmick. So it goes r Truth, Brody Lee, MVP. Better group of guys you couldn't want to be involved with. All right, so I'm gonna go with uh, r Truth wins this match. That that <laughs> okay. makes sense. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, for real, I'm going to pick Apollo. <laughs> uh, Seth Rollins against Dominic Mysterio in a street fight. Have you seen... Listen, I, I love the fact... He's he's obviously... He's passionate about the wrestling business. You want to give the guy a shot. I've actually heard good things about some of the work he's done. Not like the work he's done in the ring, but some of his facials and he's taken some real beatings and people are really high on this kid. He looks like a, a high school student. He is he, he like a high school. Isn't he like 19 years old? Cause if he's not 19 years, he's okay. So he looks like he's 19 years old or 18 years old. This is another example of, I know it's a street fight. I know that they've been running this angle and all this stuff, and I've been trying to ignore it the best I can, but how is this guy going to fight Seth Rollins? It's another one of these things. We haven't seen, I haven't seen him, I shouldn't even, I can't say that anymore because I haven't been watching Raw. I never saw him wrestle anybody. I wonder, and I would guess he hasn't. So, and it's a street fight, sure, but it's a professional combat sports athlete. Seth Rollins, former champion, fighting some guy's kid. Not some guy's. A legend's child. (laughs) And that's really dumb. Like, really, really dumb. So I'm going to pick Rey Mysterio Jr. Rey Mysterio, who's not even in this match, is going to win this match. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, just like me picking our truth uh, yeah. in the mm-hmm. match before. Look, you you pulled that back and you went with Cruz, so I'm going with Mysterio Jr. And I know that Jr. has been dropping his name for a long time. <laughs> it's coming back for this pay per view. Got it. Uh, then I'll I'll go with uh, Murphy wins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> there you go. Now we're doing it. Um. Uh, uh, McIntyre and Randy Orton. That's uh, or no, that's not the last match. Uh, they're still Braun and the Fiend. Let's oh, tackle them which... together. 
let's, I think let's combine gonna, these two matches into one. I think Braun's going to win the Raw's championship and Orton's <laughs> going to win the SmackDown championship. Uh, so I believe that Bray and Braun, Bray and Braun, great name Brown. for a buddy comedy. Yeah, it's a great name for a buddy comedy. Uh, <laughs> I believe they're fighting over whether or not Alexa Bliss is Sister Abigail. I think that's what's going on there. And uh, and whoever wins uh, gets Alexa Bliss or in some way, shape, or form. I think that's what's going on there. So I am going to go with the the better result to this where Alexa Bliss does not have to be the property of Bray Wyatt or The Fiend. So I'll go with Braun Strowman. Uh, that all makes no sense, and uh, well, it's not but, true. Uh, but ton of ton of sense at the same time. <laughs> it's that's one of the reasons. Yeah. Uh, I think Alexa Bliss beats them all, becomes <laughs> the the first female uh champion. No, uh, yeah, Braun. I the fiend's dead. Has been. Fiend's been dead for a and long then, time, my friend. Uh, and then when you, to, <laughs> when you get to, when you get, I don't know why you get to it, but when you get to the final match of the night, uh, I mean, is there anyone who can be as good as Randy Orton, who is consistently as boring as Randy Orton? Uh, I don't think anything could. Having Randy Orton win one of the major championships could somehow be worse than Raw Underground and the Thunderdome and everything else they're doing. Immensely talented. The whole thing with Edge was one of the best things that they have done in the WWE in a long, long time. But this, I was, we were watching when this feud started and Randy Orton beating up legends again. <laughs> cool guys <laughs> really go back to what brought you to the party uh drew mcintyre wins it yeah i'm, I'm gonna go with drew too uh i wanna i i do want to talk about this thunderdome thing a little bit though okay before you get to that i have to also say this about randy orton i just totally talk shit about a guy that i, I really respect and who had an amazing feud recently but I don't necessarily want to watch Randy Orton wrestle very often anymore, but I do want to read his Twitter feed because apparently he's called out the Young Bucks. Uh, one of them uh, did a move off the ramp last week on AEW and didn't hit anybody and talked about how he stuck the landing and Randy Orton was basically like, yeah, and you missed every single person and they all still fell down. <laughs> and apparently he took the tweet down like uh, shortly afterwards, but people got screenshots. Yeah. He's gone off and, and made fun of everybody, uh, you know, thigh slapping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It comes across obviously as, you know, uh, old man shakes fist at cloud kind of stuff, but he's right. He's really right. And I don't know. And I'll let you talk about Thunderdome in a second. Did you watch AEW last week? No, I didn't. Okay. If you've got it on a DVR and you can watch it, watch the god-awful match with the Dark Order and the Young Bucks. Uh, Evil Uno 
thigh slapped a tag. <laughs> he tagged his partner and slapped his thigh. <laughs> you can't make that up. Got to get that noise in there. Uh, anyway, Thunderdome. Uh, Thunderdome. Here's what I'm imagining happening. They're having a meeting. Vince is in that meeting. And someone's like, all right, we, we need to come up with a, a, a fun name for Amway Arena and how we're going to set this up. So, you know, like Thunderdome-like. And Vince is like, whoa, 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 whoa. What did you just say? Well, like Thunderdome. Why don't we just use that? That's great. Well, it's all it's already been a thing. It's been around since like the 80s. I've never heard of it. Thunderdome it is. Because like really, Thunderdome's been around since the 80s, right? Maybe even longer. It, oh, no. I mean, Thunderdome was Mad Max. I mean, yeah. that was it was the, the one either the the original one or the sequel. I I I never I didn't see the movies. Uh I mean, it's the same movie that spawned the Road Warriors. (laughs) I mean, that's a long time ago. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the the outdated nature of everything that that company does, it's it's doing Fight Club 25 years after the movie came out. It's just trying to do an NWO-type angle with a bunch of jokers and, and masks, but having no menace whatsoever and having... It would not be surprised. They're called like uprising or retribution. There's been like something. They have some dumb name that's on all capitals because of course it is. I would not be surprised if next week WWE shop is selling their t-shirts because they can't understand how to book anything (laughs) and make it make any kind of modicum of sense. Uh, This is another one of those things where the only reason to watch this, whatever this virtual crowd is or whatever stupid drone shots they put in, whatever whatever they're doing to, con- to continue to make the wrestling business embarrassing to watch as a human being, the only reason to watch this is to laugh at it because it will not be good. It will not be innovative. It will not be interesting. It will be awful. And... Just like a thousand other terrible ideas, it will be <laughs> thrown on the scrap heap almost immediately afterwards because they're going to go, man, we got to stop doing stupid shit. Uh, also, I just realized this Thunderdome was a match in WCW at Halloween Havoc 1989. Was that the one where the cage curves uh, up on the top? Was that the one where Abdullah the Butcher was electrocuted? No, uh, this was Ric Flair and Sting against Great Muda and Terry Funk. Okay. With Bruno Sammartino as the guest referee. That sounds like the most bizarre put together <laughs> match. But at least they did it in 1987, which was probably four movies after the years after that movie came out. 89. So they at least got the reference. Oh, it was also in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It's a, just another example. When you stop watching a show that you've been watching forever, I'm waiting to hear something good to come back to it and maybe give it another shot. And they are just, it's like they have a playbook of all the things that I find stupid and, and idiotic. And they're just, 
<laughs> they're playing those hits because none of this is interesting. Yeah. There's no potential on any of it either. Every one of these stupid ideas and gimmicks will be dropped in two, three months. You know that. Yeah. If you if you have any any semblance of understanding of the history of this company, you know all of this will be moot soon. Yes. And, and, and you know, the, the only thing that I feel like would get me into wanting to watch any of this is the 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 car crash uh uh idea of it and just wanting to see what terrible shit they come up with next but i'm i'm not even at that point to where i'm like no i i appreciate my my sanity more than uh doing that i appreciate i appreciate my own spare time and i'm not giving it to them because they're terrible are you yeah. gonna watch NXT uh, live? On, uh, I on believe Saturday? so. I don't. I don't have any any plans for Saturday night, so I'll, I'm probably gonna watch it. I'm gonna probably have to watch it taped. I think we're gonna go over uh, at the uh, brother and sister in law's house and take Jad. So uh, I'll have to watch it a little bit later. So I'm gonna have to watch. So before our next episode, I'm gonna have to watch Takeover AEW and the NXT next Wednesday. Sounds like fun. That's a lot of wrestling, Mike. Yes. One of those shows better fucking be good. <laughs> Fingers crossed. There you go. Um Yeah, so that is our our idea of SummerSlam, how we think it's going to happen. Those are our predictions for NXT TakeOver, Triple X, Vin Diesel. And yeah, anything else you want to add? No, sir. All right. Well, thanks everyone once again for joining us. Uh, Check us out next week where we'll be uh, talking more wrestling and probably less punters. No Reggie Roby talk. Uh, (laughs) Kevin... Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. No guarantees. Uh, For Kevin, my name's Mike. We'll catch you next week. Good night. Good wrestling. I mean, are there any famous badminton players that they can bring in next? Lawn bowling? Curling? (laughs) 